I want to be, only way I've, I've been practicing my whole life to live my life is to be responsible for what I do. I don't know how to be responsible for what every black male did. I don't know. I, yes, I am going to say that I'm a thug. That's because I came from the gutter and I'm still here. Have you noticed that many young people today claim to know and love the music of Tupac? It's interesting because for those of us who grew up and came of age during the same time as Tupac, like myself, we might wonder how these youngers know about him. Despite his passing over two decades ago, Tupac's music, legacy, and influence seems to continue to resonate with younger generations. Pretty amazing, right? And then one day my, my stepfather came home from mom. Um, I don't know if he was actually Desert Storm. I just remember, he wasn't my stepfather at the time, he was my mom's boyfriend. I remember him coming home with that first Pac album with Brenda's Got a Baby, it's Tupacalypse Now. And, and that was, since then, right. that was my, when I was too young to know what he was talking about. You know what I mean? But it, it connected, because that's the thing about art. It can, it's just true, it's straight, whatever, whatever you feel. So even as a seven-year-old kid, eight-year-old kid, I can hear Pac early albums and feel the truth. As hip hop celebrates turning 50 throughout this year, it's no surprise that another documentary about Tupac Shakur has emerged. Here's the exception. This particular production takes a unique angle, highlighting the life of Tupac's mother, Alfini Shakur, a former leader of the Black Panthers. The history of the Black Panther movement and the persecution, hunting, and assassination of many of its members in an effort to silence the next generation of civil rights leaders is a subject often taught and sometimes avoided in schools. Alfini's writing and speaking talents were utilized to advance the civil rights cause. Learning about her experiences moved me to tears as it became apparent that she suffered from PTSD after witnessing the deaths of her many contemporaries. During the dismantling of the Black Panthers, Alfini fought through the government's founded lies, all while carrying a son to term named Tupac. Today, EP Michael Womble and I take a look at Alan Hughes' remarkable documentary series, Dear Mama. We had a great conversation about Tupac's journey from an intelligent and gifted artist to an activist who followed in his mother's footsteps. All eyes were on them, the mother and son who would fight to change the world in their own way. I'm Val The Voice Johnson, and this is Interludes. Interludes, a Peer Lighthouse production. This episode is brought to you by Interludes Extra presents Find Your Voice on Patreon. Become a friend, a fan, and join our VIP podcasting community today. And now, all the way from the south side of Chicago, give it up for your host, Val, The Voice Johnson. always speaking and going to colleges and everything and then after that was over it was more time spent with me and we were both just like you're my mother and she was like you're my son and what do we do i finally understand for a woman it ain't easy trying to raise a man i wanted him to have a place where he found beauty integrity and strength within himself and there's no way i could pay you back 
But my plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate tell you all mr womble always directs me to watch great great docuseries and i have to say um this was one that i was looking forward to yeah. and excited to talk about my goodness my goodness michael this was another shot out the park you were like you must see this and i was thinking do i do i should i Yes, it's Tupac. Dear Mama. Yeah, yeah. Y- y'all, y'all gotta uh you know, let li- hear what we talking about and then afterwards later on, you gotta hit up, hit them up, hit up FX. <laughs> all right, FX on Hulu. So you can check this out. Battle Voice. So when you did check it out, what did you discover? Well, uh right here we see Alan Hughes is the director for this. And if you guys are going oh my gosh I recognize that last name he is one half of the hughes brothers brought us menace of society uh the ah uh, the film with denzel washington i can't think of it right now Denzel's and done many films but the he's film done many films the book of eli years. i'm so sorry i'm so well, sorry the, the book of film that comes to mind when you say the hughes brothers after menace mm-hmm. society i know y'all mm-hmm. gonna know is dead presidents Dead presidents, right? Oh my yeah. gosh, yes, yeah, yes, definitely, yeah, definitely. So the one thing is, is that a lot of directors they go around, they before they get really into film, they do they do music videos. That that's a wonderful. It's like a gateway. Like you do a music video, and then you go ahead and you you start directing films. The Hughes brothers, Allen. In particular, I forgot Michael, and I remember seeing seeing this. He directed Brenda's Got a Baby and one other video for Tupac. And I, Michael, I was really remarked trapped. by trapped. Trapped. He did you know trapped. They got me trapped. You know, he got me trapped. So I love this shot here because this was a like a Polaroid that was taken of them on the set of one of the videos that he directed for Tupac, and so. I'm thinking, I'm like, I wonder wonder why it's so ironic that he's directing or has put together this docu-series. And then this is now I'm going to lead this to you, Michael. Why was it significant that Alan Hughes directed and actually put together this docu-series, Dear Mama? Remember the story? Well, one, of the, one, of the, one of the fascinating things about this, uh, one... Uh, so let, let, let's just kind of put put it out here, okay? Mm-hmm. This isn't the first documentary made about Tupac. Oh my yes, gosh, how many yes, have been done? We know uh, countless, as in countless, probably too many, with the exception of this one. This is different. This isn't mm-hmm. what you have seen before, and probably not what you expected. So, looking at that picture, I want to throw it up there now. So. Both the Hughes brothers together directed, as Val the Voice said, two of Tupac's early videos, actually his first video, Trapped, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, the very memorable Brenda's Got a Baby. They were friends with him, and they knew early on that this guy was special. It wasn't just right. that he was a musician. It wasn't just that he had this kind of 
writing material. They talk about the fact that at times the camera is on them in their footage that they didn't use for the video. And his eyes just take up the entirety of the screen and they have so much behind them the life force there that they convince um a movie studio that uh they could get a movie done with him and the studio is like fine because you need to have a platinum hip-hop star in this and if you have that we'll green light the movie so they eventually they got it worked out where he had a part in it and they pitched it, and they got a green light, meaning they could go forward with the movie. They would get right. the funding as long as everything worked out. Now, that movie was Menace to Society. So that was their Five. first film, is that correct? Yeah, that was their first major film. Oh, major so, film, right. So, so the Hughes brothers, Menace to Society, which I know you have seen. If you're watching us, you've seen it. Tupac <laughs> is supposed to be in Menace to Society. Now, do y'all mm -hmm. remember Tupac in Menace? No. Because he's not in the movie. Something <laughs> happens along the way. The part that he was offered is not a part that he wanted. He wanted major changes. He wanted rewrites. He had this idea of who he was even that early in his career. And this role wasn't going to work with it. So the Hughes mm -hmm. brothers are like, come on, man. Like, we're trying to make movies. We've done this stuff for you. We understand you know, don't you trust us, blah, blah, blah. They go back and forth. And as legend has it, up to this point, Tupac rocks the Hughes brothers, uh, specifically Allen, and just takes him out and beats him mercy, without mercy to the point where, um, you know, Tupac gets brought up on charges for assault. Well, as Allen Hughes, the, over the years... This is the guy who is making the documentary now about Tupac's life, who oh, no. gets the green light, not just from, um, you know, his mom, his aunt, the estate. This is the guy that is telling the story. So at some point, the documentarian behind the camera, everybody mm -hmm. who he's interviewing mentions at some point, dude, I didn't expect you to be the person telling this story. So he has to come around from behind the camera to in front of the camera and address the uh, the beatdown elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. uh, what does he say? Tupac didn't, didn't take me out. Who took him out, he said? Several. Uh, uh, it was... <laughs> At least 10 other dudes. 10 other people. It wasn't just him. <laughs> Thinking to myself, I'm like, Ah, uh, cause I, that made news, Michael. I know you remember it, cause I remember oh, when I when oh, when I it do. came out. Because I was thinking, oh, he's gonna be a part of this movie. Because we find out that the great thing about this this documentary, we're we're able to find out how some things came to to Tupac. In other words, how he got his role in Juice. It wasn't initially supposed to be him. It was supposed to be the other gentleman, Money B from uh, Dennis yeah. Digital Underground. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, I didn't Money, know that. Money B didn't know it either. Cause he Money B didn't like, know it either. He was act? like, why you want, why you you want me to act? <laughs> I know somebody that could do this role. I know who this role is perfect for. Perfect for, not me. his friend that, you know, would uh, hang around and clown around with the underground when he comes around. Uh, that was the person that was perfect for that role. So he gives it to Tupac. Tupac mm -hmm. reads it, auditions for Juice. Mm -hmm. And of course, as 
you watching us, you seen Juice. You know Tupac gets the part. He's Bishop in Juice. Mm-hmm. A role mm-hmm. that probably uh, changes his trajectory, changes cinema at that time in the 90s and hip-hop. And one thing that I wanted to point out that what makes this documentary very special is the adjacent story between Tupac and his mom, Afeni. Right. They're and like two trains running. Two trains running. This story is running adjacent. And what I would like to do is honestly just talk about, I was remarked about how Hughes got footage from his high school and uh, this high school that he attended. Was Mount Tam. Mount Tam. Yes. This is in Marin County. Yeah, California, yeah, and you're, yeah, yeah, and you're familiar because you lived out there. So, what was so special about this high school? I grabbed oh, this man. shot. There was so much footage of this of his early time before he got famous. They Things interviewed him, and he was just talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, footage that we've never seen before. Never so, seen so, this really before. So I lived everywhere, man. So, and one of those places <laughs> I was in was Marin mm-hmm. County. Marin mm-hmm. County is a county uh, right on the other side of the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. So it okay. is home to some multi-million dollar home, Sausalito. You can take a little ferry and go across the water to go see your Giants, the San Francisco Giants play. Uh, but Marin, <laughs> although it's home to movie stars and, and extremely wealthy people, it has this one particular section called Marin City. Which okay. is like the, uh, for lack of a better word, it's the projects. The whole city's mm-hmm. projects. It's bad. And guess where the African Americans live? They live in the bad area. They in do. The and Tupac the lived there, but he was able to attend Mount Tam, which is uh, a uh, high school uh, at the time um, I was working in retail in california they were a place where they were trying to get high school kids to work they couldn't get them to work there y'all or stay on the job because they just the money to them was like we have money (laughs) we don't have to worry about this i mean Mm -hmm. val the voice when i was in marin uh Mm -hmm. and this is like now almost about 15 or so years ago they had okay. apple tv before i knew what apple tv was okay they did i didn't know oh that. Wow. yeah i, was, I didn't know I that up, i ended up house sitting uh during a point in time and the person there had apple tv it was the first time i'd ever seen it it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't available the way it is today but it was like if you were in the especially because this is near silicon valley So this is where Tupac goes. All the resources in the world. So they got the videos. And as Val said, it's so good. The footage that they have. And then Val, Val, the history. That second train. A feeling. And just, I'm not realizing if you guys had, we we have reviewed the film uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. We, We did review that film here, right? In the black, yes, Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, set in Chicago, the story mm-hmm. of Fred Hampton, um, how he was assassinated and the FBI infiltrated the Panthers in Chicago and brutally murdered them. Yes, so we the Black Panthers, the Black Panthers were kind of had satellite offices or had different offices in different parts of the country, and one of the main offices was in law, it was in New York. What was happening, J. Edgar Hoover 
was given the power to just kind of do what he could and 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 we saw that also in the in the film Judas and the Black Messiah of dismantling the the Panthers and one of the one of the charges that they brought upon uh, the Panthers that were there in, in 1969 and this also included Afeni was uh, a conspiracy to either blow up the subways and department stores and it was 21 that were con um, convicted and tried and the great thing is is that we f I find out that she defended and she spoke up for them and she was the first person that was released of the 21 and was able to kind of arrange for funding and, and, and get the others out and so they said we want her to 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 speak and we find out that like her son she's a great or orator she's a great speaker and she's yeah. a great and she's a great poet she's she's writes poetry she's very learned she reads a lot we find the same thing out about Tupac he reads a lot he a lot of the a lot of the raps that he wrote for his very first a very first album Tupacalypse now we're able Alan is able to zoom in Hughes is able to zoom in and see we are able to see his the notebooks of him of the, of the lyrics of some of the songs that we know and I have to say this Michael for anyone that is a a fan of the music it is imperative to understand the mom and to just Absolutely. get the um, the full picture of what Feeney went through and while she was carrying Tupac and then just what she eventually ended up going into, just the stress, the post-traumatic stress that she went through with right. the Black Panthers, you you see it later on and it's it's depicted so very well. And I have to say that I, there was a lot of stuff about the Black Panther Party and what they had gone through, Michael. I didn't know. It was my responsibility to teach Tupac how to survive his reality. My mother taught me to analyze society and not be quiet. If there's something in my mind, speak it. Because, okay, I gotta go to the beginning. My mother was a Black Panther and she was really involved in the movement. My mother never let me forget my history, hoping I was set free, chains that were put on me. It was very difficult for me to be a mom, but I knew very well how to protect my children. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Have you seen it? It's the weekly chat with EP Michael Womble, Coach Tony Thompson, and host Val The Voice Johnson. Interludes Extra presents Talk on Tuesdays. Join us and other special guests as we break down the latest topics surrounding music, movies, and sports every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, live in our chat on our Interludes YouTube channel, Facebook group, and now on Pod TV on Roku. I mean, I think that's what was missing in previous. Uh, that's a great picture, too. Mm -hmm. so, so that's what was missing in previous documentaries on Tupac. Sometimes they just kind of strung together these uh, junket interviews with him and said, it's a movie. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's not. A movie. It's not. What Alan Hughes does here <laughs> is he constructs a story. And as you said, it's like two, two trains running there. You've got mm -hmm. uh, a Feeney giving birth to Tupac and then you have Tupac wanting to go back and do something that would make his mom proud mm -hmm. and I think that's part of the connection here 
he remembers his roots. He talks about this. At times, we know Tupac could be scandalous. He could say things that we can't say here and we're not going to tonight. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and he had that part of him. And But that part of him was this urgency that things mm-hmm. are so important that I can't worry about saying the right words or being polite or, or mm-hmm. as they would say in the Tennessee legislator, right, legislation, right? D- decorum. Uh, how do you speak <laughs> to people? This is not the way you talk to another person. It's like, yeah, but the things I'm talking about are, are they got to be done now. Man, I can't worry about that. Uh, mm-hmm. This person, Tupac, is somebody that knows it seems that he's got a short amount of time to get mm-hmm. all of this out of him that is been put there that he he needs to say so he can't wait for it to be you know softened or uh or are you ready to receive this message this is like no no holla if you hear me i gotta <laughs> tell you to keep your head up right now okay exactly right and, and you see strictly for my Huh? Black Panther, <laughs> right? Final and, uh, legacy. Yeah, and thank you so much for saying that, Mark. I just, we didn't, I didn't know all of the good, great things that the Panthers were doing. Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. It, and, and Val, just kind of t- touching in on this, I think that's um, help helping to get you to this, this next point here, is that he starts, um, and we see him back in California, but of course he spent time on the east coast mm-hmm. now for those of you that do know the panthers the panthers of course started in oakland they started That's in right. california mm-hmm. so where he goes back to and joins digital underground to do this music thing is mm-hmm. in oakland That's where yeah, how ironic is. so he goes back into music in the same place which is the birthplace of the panthers and at some point he kind of has to make this choice either the music thing is going to work for him and that's what is going to be his pursuit mm-hmm. or he's going to follow his in his mama's footsteps and go right political uh, to push this agenda that the Panthers and pick up where they left off. Now, that's something I did not know. I know the story of the Panthers, but this yeah. idea that Tupac actually made the choice. You know, I know. Like, am I going to go into music or am I going into politics? I never thought of him as necessarily a overtly political person. But Me neither. See it in everything he did, and certainly that's how I connected to him because I thought here's somebody of substance in hip hop at that time, and 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 coming from the West Coast because everybody who was so called conscious or whatever at that time <laughs> in the '90s they were all East Coast. People, they were all right? East Coast, right? And and the and the other footage that was very remarkable for me to see was to see um, Tupac address. Um, they were talking about getting a new version of the Panthers together. They called it the uh, New America. It was a different title they gave it, and you and you heard him kind of passionately talking. And they and and they would say, "Please don't curse, please don't curse." And so, <laughs> but he got very riled up about you know you guys are saying we're going to do something, but you all we're not you all are not doing nothing. And before it was even. And it and it and it it, it 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 this is what saddens me the most, Michael, is um, there was a that comes out. I think it's in the second. It's in the second part of the the second the second episode, where he goes into 
he's excited. He he he's got a deal. Um, he's with Interscope Records. He and he's gonna he's and his and the person that's working with him go and get a bank account so you can get your money and stuff. So he goes, and then another story. Oh well, yeah, and 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 here's the thing. Okay. Before it was, you know, I think I think Rodney King hadn't happened yet. I think it was about to happen, but I don't think it had happened yet. But he ended up suing the Oakland Police Department for for having him. They slammed him down on the ground, and I was thinking to myself, "Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that whole thing." And he used to. They showed how Tupac used the media to literally defend his his points and himself. And it wasn't it wasn't derogatory, and it wasn't he, he. They would say, "Don't do it like that," but he's like, "No, no, no! I need to I need to have a voice, and I'm going to use my voice. And I and you guys are not going to tell me, you no. I I need you to hear my voice. And and my thing was is that a lot of the things, and we're talking now thirty plus years ago, all of these things happening, and and just kind of that defense of, I'm I'm being mistreated in this in in america and i'm gonna i'm gonna be a voice if no one else is a voice of anyone i'm gonna be the voice and and defend and that's the key we talked about this earlier michael the personality of tupac was defend people yeah Let's, and, and i need you, you to expand that. on that and yeah you, you hear that you hear it in the music too oh my gosh you hear that in his music and mm -hmm. so uh coming up uh in just a couple you're gonna hear uh both val the voice and uh myself uh our top five tupac songs what is your top five all right so it certainly was a difficult thing to do i kept kind of going <laughs> back and forth on it and and I, I had to kind of put some stuff together to try to figure it out. I kept crossing things out. But Me I gotta too. give you I'm gonna give you number five. I'm gonna start okay. with my number five here. And my number five is just cause when you live there, you you just it, this is the anthem. I mean, still to this day, you heard it on the Super Bowl. Y'all that watched when the Super Bowl came to uh Inglewood, always up to, you know. So California love is like the unofficial California anthem. All right. Well, if you are there, you know all the places because you've driven through there or you eaten there or you've driven very quickly through there. So I got to go top five, my number five on this really abbreviated countdown of Tupac songs is California love. And the next, next up is the party anthem. The party anthem of anthems featuring my guy and his guys, uh, Shock G, may he rest in peace, Digital Underground, I Get Around. Now that's a Tupac song, but you know, that's Digital Underground, right? You got Money <laughs> B, you got Shock G. On mm -hmm. there, Shock G, of course, is the one that took the satin out here. Uh, so yeah, so <laughs> you, got, you got them there. So that's mm -hmm. that's that's my four. My three is mm -hmm. the anthem that you know, of course, if you all are on TikTok still, if y'all not listening to us, you still on TikTok, you know that TikTok just a couple of uh months ago had this Tupac song. That's one of their kind of challenges. People were like, 
making videos to it to keep your head up. Then the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. Ah, <laughs> man. Oh, yeah, my God. I look at my sister's uh, Nobody else care. Mm -hmm. uh, man, and you kept seeing these uh, melanin challenge people doing it. It was kind of interesting. A number um, two, number two, number two. Hey, my, my, my ride or die song. Holly, if you hear me, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and you know, my number one, my number one. Come on, y'all. I gotta tell you this the short version of it. Every time I hear this song, I cry. Now, when I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, one of the exhibits at that time was a hip hop exhibit. And under glass, it's kind of touching back on this documentary. They had the handwritten uh, lyrics to this song. Mm -hmm. And I looked down and I read it. And I don't know, maybe he he wrote it at Tim, at Mount Tam in high school. He might have. He might, he might have, have. Yeah. It was on notebook paper and it was right there. And I sat mm -hmm. there. Y'all, I, I got to tell you, I had to lean into the wall. All I was reading silently were the lyrics, the lyrics to Brenda's Got a Baby. Mm -hmm. And I stood there in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I remember because I wasn't alone. And I started bawling. I just started crying because mm -hmm. that song, there's so much emotion to that song. And they go into it in the first two episodes of this documentary on Hulu called Dear Mama, directed mm -hmm. by the Hughes brothers, produced by Alan Hughes, as well as Quincy Jones III. And it goes into it. So so my number one is Brenda's Got a Baby. To this day, if I hear that song, God, I got my glasses on because I knew I would do it. When I start oh, thinking wow. about that song in that video, the tears, I mean, I could start crying now. So that's yeah. my top five. Battle Voice, take it away. Okay, well, I'm going, and it's funny, I was looking for my list. I actually wrote them down, and then I'm like, oh, my gosh. But it's a song that was on the, I want to say, his Tupacalypse Now. There was That's a lot right. of favorites, yep. a lot of favorites Tupacalypse on that particular now. album. Yeah, so I Words of, Words of Wisdom was my favorite. And I have to say, like, I just loved how it flowed, and I'm I'm all excited about that. Um, and definitely the video floating around somewhere. You doing it? I remember you making a video to the song. <laughs> I remember this. Man, I had that, that big, huge, uh, big, huge camera at the time walking around North Central. Made a video, the words of wisdom, started editing it. It's out there somewhere. I, I'm sure it's in the library. And then, of course, number four, just because I just it was just fun. And the funny thing is, with I get around, it was definitely radio friendly. But you know, let me stop this right here. So when I met Tupac, <laughs> in catch, name drop, name caught. So uh, I'm sorry. Did y'all catch that? Y'all did y'all catch it? Cause it was heavy for me to catch. My little arms are only so strong. There was a there was a place called there was a place called uh, Cliff Livingston's the Riviera here in Chicago and Tupac was there and it was a short little at thing. At the Riv, you better the Riviera. Rib. Yes, he was. So I was excited. So he that song came on and everybody lost their mind. 
he had a couple of folks floating around him, and that's funny. You you so silly, Valor Voice. When I met Tupac, but no, he was a Tupac story. I mean, I just want everybody visually. If they only looking, they're like, "What's she talking about?" This is the story of when Val the Voice met Tupac. Anyway. And, and for the for the sake of, and for the sake of time, because I want to bring on our our coach here. Um, <laughs> no, 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 Val. We got time. We got time to, for you and Tupac. Because I'm trying to picture you and Tupac at a nightclub. I just, I just, I, I, I'm endlessly fascinated. Let's go. Okay, so I was dressed that night not to really titillate. So I had on my big cross color stuff. So I rolled up to him like a homie, and he was just like, hey, what's up? I was like, hey. <laughs> and I'm like, you know who you are? I know who I am. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> and I went back to dancing because I was all like, whoa, I met Tupac. But my thing was, I didn't want to, I I, I kind of learned early on, you don't want to be like, ah, because there were already women and stuff, you know, swarming around. So I just kind of went to, you know, kind of like a homie, like, hey, what's up? So you, you, know went, you, you, you went to him like Jada does in the uh, Kick Your Head Up video? <laughs> you just got you got on the big jeans and the platform shoes, and you just Come get on, a head on. Like, Come on. Come you on. Know who you are? And he's who like, yeah, pretty sure. My mama told me who I am. I've been working this out for the last, you know, 15, 20. Yeah, I, I think I got it. Okay. So, <laughs> and so, so, and. That, and that was it. That was it. He he. Um, the security people were kind of floating around him. I kind of disappeared in a crowd and was dancing. I was with uh, with a couple of my girls, you know. So people were, and then you know somebody on the mic that was like, "Hey, did you know we got Tupac in the house?" And everybody's like, "Yay!" And then shortly shortly thereafter, he was not around anymore. He got around and he got around and he left. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the rib was on the south side. So I just. Want no, it was on the north that. side. It was oh, all the way on the north, on the north side. side. Okay, all right. So for, mm-hmm. for one thing, we, we can say definitely Chicago had love for Tupac. So uh, we did, we did, good, right? So Michael on the north side, north side had love for Tupac too. Right, right. So, yeah, he's it. Yeah, why yeah, is he okay. cracking up? Yeah, so the so the so here's the thing. That's what just we, you did. You kept your head up with Tupac. You gave him the head in uh, life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hey, what's up? So man? What's up? number three for myself. <laughs> Number three for myself is also keep your head up. Number two, holler if you hear me. I like that one, but I think I would like I would like to tie it with um um and see so many oh, tears. Ties. Oh, we doing so ties many. now. And then All and right. then of course and then of course I will have to agree with you also on number one. Brenda's got a baby to kind of see this documentary. And to know what this was about, just to just to know that what he uh, he heard a story and decided to do a full fledged song to it, it was just amazing. So that's some of the best opening lines to a hip hop song ever. I hear Brenda's got a baby, but Brenda's barely got a brain. A damn shame, the girl can hardly spell her name. That's not our problem. That's up to Brenda's family. Well, let me show you how it affects our whole community. Brenda's got a baby, but Brenda's barely got a brain. Mm-hmm. Damn shame the girl can hardly spell her name. And then Money B comes in like, that's not our problem. That's up to Brenda's family. And then this is the essence of Tupac. Because anybody can quote lyrics. This is the essence of Tupac. That's why I brought there it up. Because mm-hmm. 
because he says because he gets told that's not our problem that's up to Brenda's family and Tupac's like no mm-hmm. let me tell you how it affects the whole community right that's what motivated this young man that's why he wanted to make his mama proud and that's what you can see it in the first two episodes that are available on Hulu uh, right now know that this is a five part series so there's a new one coming out this Friday and two more uh, to wrap it up and I can't wait to see it right so guys go ahead and check it out it is Dear Mama it is on FX and the next three episodes it's going to be doing a new episode every Friday next one comes out on this on the 28th and we're really excited we love love Tupac and 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 definitely just excited for what it can do and what the message is and guys the music the way the music is edited in this documentary it'll make you fall in love with the lyrical content all over again and who taking elementary Hey, I see the penitentiary one day. I've spent a great deal of my own life in prison. I never wanted it to happen to my son. I have a revolutionary story that I must tell. My hands refuse to be beaten by this tormented cell. I think my mother knew that freedom wouldn't come in her lifetime, just like I know that it won't come in mine. My mama was a crack addict. I ended up in Baltimore on welfare with no lights on in high school. He was pissed off that he was often left to fend for himself. He was suffering. When I was young, me and my mama had beef, 17 years old, kicked out on the streets. We never spent time together because he was always speaking and going to colleges and everything. And then after that was over, it was more time spent with me. And we were both just like, you're my mother. And she was like, you're my son. And what do we do? I finally understand for a woman, it ain't easy trying to raise a man. I wanted him to have a place where he found beauty, integrity, and strength within himself. And there's no way I can pay you back. But my plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate Dear Mama, the docu-series from Alan Hughes is currently on FX on Hulu. To see our full review of Dear Mama along with Coach Tony, please check out our Interludes YouTube channel. Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson, written by Michael Womble, produced by Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson. Original intro and outro music produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a Peer Lighthouse production. This episode is brought to you by... Interludes Extra presents Find Your Voice on Patreon. See behind the scenes with Interludes, tips on how to become a podcaster, and merch featuring our Interludes logo. Become a friend a fan, and join our VIP podcasting community today by visiting the website patreon.com forward slash interludes. Become a future sponsor or advertiser on our podcasting platform by visiting our website today. To subscribe to our YouTube channel or join Interludes Facebook group, visit the website linktree slash peerlightmedia.
That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Peer Light Media.